you're just rewarding them for for being calm and sort of hanging out anything you like you go sure and give them a kibble like each time then i would take a toy and i would purposely rev them up and i'd go okay come on boy let's go let's go and like play with them <laughs> with this toy This is Avero. And this is Heidi. And this is episode three of Let's Boop Snoots. Let's Boop Snoots. <laughs> so, last week on episode two, uh, we touched on uh, discussions and lists that you should make before getting a puppy. Um, and those conversations you should have with members of your family, uh, the people that are in your household, about boundaries. So is the dog going to be allowed on the couch, on the bed, around the kitchen table while you're eating, like in the kitchen when you're prepping food, just so everybody is on the same page before you get your dog. Um, and also we talked about vets, um, how to choose a good vet and what to watch out for. Although I'm sure that most vets have your dog's best interest in mind. Some of them are a little bit more money hungry than others. So just to watch out for that. And we touched base on pet insurance a little bit. Um, some people are for it and some people are against it. I think it comes down to just a personal decision. And we gave a little bit of a simple alternative that you could do. little sidebar on that one. Yes. Um, you know how we all think that our phones are listening to us? So <laughs> after we were talking about <laughs> pet insurance, I, this, artic this article popped up and it was this one-on-one um, -on -one they did with a uh, employee of True Panion. So it was talking about what her day of work looks like. She gets to bring her dog with her to work every day. And oh, I was like, that's my dream. Me too. I was like, jelly, I need a place where I can bring my dog to work with me. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I just thought it. Uh, so going moving forward, uh, today, what we would like to talk about is puppies coming home. We're going to start talking about the training approaches and the different kinds and uh, sort of the experience that Vero and I had with our pooches over the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we were going to briefly talk about some of the other more specialized training that's available out to dogs. Just a few of them that we decided to just sort of look up, although I'm sure there is a plethora more of different types of specialized training out there for you and your doggo. Yes. So, so we're going to talk about the two major types of trainings that are out there, uh, the purely positive training and the corrective approach. I know when I got Wiggum, I didn't do, well, I did a lot of research on what to do when you're getting a puppy and how to train. And I think I read mostly about the purely positive approach to training. So this is mostly giving a command. And when your dog performs that command, you reward the dog. And when we did puppy kindergarten with our dog, um, they gave you a clicker. So I don't know if everybody knows what a clicker is, but if you tell your dog to sit, as soon as the dog performs that command, you click. So it does like a clicking noise and you reward your dog. And then at some point, you don't need your clicker. You just have to say sit and the dog knows that what they have to do to perform that command. And then you give a reward. So that's pretty much what clicker training is. Just to insert myself. Sorry, Vero. Um, with the clicker, it, I think 
moving forward with your training and no matter what videos or books or anything like that, that, that you read about the training is whether it's a clicker or whether it's a voice command or a noise command or whatever, that it's, it's basically when you're wanting your dog to do something, it's making a sound, a word, a noise or whatever that indicates to them, yes, okay, I just did what she wants me to do. And there's something good coming my way, Mm -hmm. whether it be a treat or whether it be affection or whatever. And so when you start into your training, um, you want to choose your words that you want the dog to understand and, and, and think about it. And I'll give you examples when I, when I talk about my experience a bit later, but yes. Yes. So what you're doing is you're rewarding good behavior Mm -hmm. um, with that type of training. So you're not really correcting bad behavior. However, with Wiggum, we did, like I did a little bit of the corrective approach, but it was mostly purely positive. Uh, Wiggum was pretty easy to train. So I think, I think it was just kind of easy to do the purely positive approach with him. However, I think that if I would have been, if I would have done more research on the corrective approach, uh, there's some things like good recall, better recall that he probably would have had. And just things like that, that it's more hard to do with the purely positive approach. So like you mentioned before, there there are two major schools of thought. I think when when you deal with an organization or you deal with an individual, um, I, I mean, most people are sort of somewhere in between. And we're talking about your standard like basic training here, like for family dogs and like for your companions and bring them into your home. And um, but there is it can get a little bit heated sometimes between the two because the people who do the whatever corrective measures they're using some of the purely positive people feel that it's abusive or it's not right for the animals whereas if you're if you only reward the good behaviors and you have no way of managing the bad ones um you end up with people surrendering their dogs because they they don't want to use one of the corrective measures and you know when i talk about some of the corrective measures and sometimes that induces feelings of like abuse or it makes people uncomfortable mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. So um, talking about, um, did sorry, Vera, did you have anything else to say about the purely positive approach? Uh, no, I think you can take it away about, here. Yeah, take it away. Right. I'm sure I'll have some stories. So for the corrective approach, it's a, it's a mixture of the two of the it's you you are rewarding good behaviors. But if you're finding that you have a behavior that you're not able to to curb with the purely positive with treats or with the snacks or whatever it is that you're rewarding your dog with, there needs to be more corrective measures too. So um, when you go to a pet store, you can see a variety of different things. And again, we will uh, be talking about all the different gear and different things you can use with your dog on on the next episode. But um, some of them are used for correcting. So I'm going to give an example as the pinch collar being a major one. So when I had Becky, she was a nightmare to walk. And again, I'm sure you heard in previous episodes, they go to the cottage, they have a lot of off leash time, our dogs, which sort of sends them into that instinctive mode. And I wasn't super knowledgeable about dog training when I got dog number one, Officer Scraps, and dog number two, Becky. So I never did any of the leash training with them. So so when we would take them for a walk, she would 
I would almost be dislocating my arm from my body <laughs> because she was so instinctive. And if she saw a squirrel like or another dog, super reactive and jumping and lunging and barking. And I'm standing there like so my mom couldn't walk them because she was older and I was always worried. So whenever she would come over to mind my kids and she'd say, oh, I'll take the dogs for a walk. I'd say, mom, like, don't don't worry about wait till I get home because I was worried for her. It could pull her right over and injure her. And if the dog got away, injure the dog itself or injure another dog or poor squirrel is going to get it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> all those sort of things. So leash training is is a big one for, for people. And what I decided to get for Becky at the time was a pinch collar. So um, I forget. A pinch the, collar? A pinch collar. No. Oh, my God. The pinch <laughs> collar. So here's my pet peeve about the gear that you buy for your animals is when you mm -hmm. go to the pet store and you get the pinch collar, it does not come with instructions. It does not tell you how to use it or nothing. So back when I was not as knowledgeable, I put this pinch collar on Becky. I put it midway down her, her neck and she continued to pull. And no matter what I did, like I was hurting her and she would cry and she would choke and she would cough. And I, I, I tried using it twice and I was like well this thing doesn't work for her and I put it away and then just never continued with my training and she was a puller <laughs> but having being more knowledgeable with Gibbs Gibbon uh, when I started working with him uh, in the beginning I, I had focused on all my puppy training and the stuff sort of more in the house and uh, again didn't do a lot of leash, leash training but decided to revisit the pinch collar. And I had said to my friend, Michelle, who was helping me do the training at the time, I tried the pinch collar before it didn't work. And she said, okay, well, did, did you do it right? And I was like, what do you mean? Did I do it right? And then she, she was the one who educated me on how these things work and sent me a whole bunch of videos. So my big thing, my, that I want people to walk away from in this episode is whatever, whenever buying a piece of equipment to use with your dog, Google it, research it, watch the YouTube videos mm -hmm. of all of the knowledgeable expo experts out there on it and learn how to use it before you do, because you might end up hurting your dogo. Yes. Or give up because it's not working. Or give up because it's not working. And then you have this behavior and the, like you said, your dog gets away or your dog gets hurt or blah, 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 all those bad things. So I'm a huge believer in, in, in correction. Um, and another uh, an example of another corrective measure there's um this super experienced awesome dog trainer in the states named jeff gelman and his uh, website's called solid canine training this dude and his wife they're lovely individuals he's heated though he's very passionate about what he does and when you watch his videos yes. i find him super entertaining to watch <laughs> I, I think you saw a video too eh, Beryl? have you seen the q a sessions with uh joelle Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's his wife. Yeah. And, and it's funny because people will ask like questions and it just like sends him like on a rant, like it just tips him over the edge. And then she just but... looks at him <laughs> <laughs> or, or she'll even make comments. Like she'll be like, "Uh Oh, they said the blah, blah, blah word. Like something that she knows just is going to yes. like trigger him like so bad. And um, I know people who have attended his workshops. He's come through Canada a couple of times. So apparently they they own like an RV and they travel throughout the States just doing workshops or private training or just working with different people. 
and um i think it's just awesome but anyways he he has several videos on another corrective me measure that i have used with gibbs and it's called the bonker so if you even google or youtube bonker training it's the new age version of the rolled up newspaper i think he has a video on how to make the bonker, a bonker. yes yeah. he does and um i i just suggested this to my friend mark who just got a puppy um so you take a dish towel or hand towel something of a medium towel size not a huge one and you roll it up to like the size of let's say a rolled up newspaper and take elastics so this is a soft towel you know you're not going to injure your dog with it you know you're not going to hurt anyone with it but dogs apparently and i can tell you gibbs does hate projectiles <laughs> so <laughs> you can bonk them with it. So if they're doing something that you don't like and they didn't respond to whatever your your word was, like, no, for me, it was, uh -uh. <laughs> that's my uh-uh word for my dogs. Like an absolute no is uh-uh or hey, when they're really starting to piss me off. Mm -hmm. And um, I can remember when Gibbs was a puppy uh, walking into the dining room and he was 100% all four paws up on the dining room table. <laughs> there was there was no food. So it, it was a gibbon, no, and it's always important to use their name. So gibbon, no, off and, and got him off of the table. So a few, few days later, again, found him on the dining room table. And so I was like, oh, I'm bringing out the bonker. Ooh, I'm bringing out the bonker. And, <laughs> and so it was like Gibbon off. And he stood there and sort of looked at me and I went Gibbon, no, and tossed this bonker at him. And yeah, he hated it. And, and, and when they receive a correction like that, they come to you immediately like, Oh, mommy, I'm so sorry. I was so bad. <laughs> and, and don't reward, don't be like, Oh, it's okay. Cause it's too soon. Like from the behavior where you yeah. now they've got a mixed message. Like, okay, you just threw something at me, but then like, you were like, no, it's okay. It's okay. So don't, <laughs> don't touch. <laughs> so that's another example of a correction. Now, Sorry to like dominate your barrow. Please feel free to. Um, I know with Wiggum, uh, when he was just kind of in the biting stage at the beginning for correctional um, act, <laughs> correction yeah. for correction, uh, yeah. you would press his cheeks into his mouth. So he would be biting down on his own cheeks and that would just be uncomfortable for him. Another way of teaching them not to bite. And, and one for me with the same when they're puppies, because they do, they play with you and you want to play with them too, but they don't know, like you think it's cute when they're a puppy, but as they get bigger, bites mm -hmm. start to hurt. Yes. <laughs> and um, I can remember <laughs> my kids used to watch this children's show that was super weird. It was called Yo Gabba Gabba and it had like all these like super strange puppets on it and they had the worst songs ever. Like they didn't even like rhyme at all. And I remember there was this one song that they did and it was the song literally went like this it was like don't 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 bite your friends <laughs> don't don't did that work <laughs> so what i used to do with gibbs similar to what you do what you did with wiggum with pushing the cheeks in you take yeah. your thumb 
and and mm-hmm. you push it to the bottom of their mouth so it's like you're holding their mouth open and they hate it and you should see them they like wriggle away and everything and yes. you just hold it every time they bite so that they know that when they bite you they're going to get that super uncomfortable feeling like no I don't want yes. her to stick her thumb in my mouth no I don't want her to push my cheeks in no mm-hmm. I don't want her to sing don't bite your friends over and over <laughs> again <laughs> make it stop <laughs> So <laughs> these are corrections and they're, I don't find it abusive. Like, you know, no, it's, it's just I, making them uncomfortable. You're not hitting your dog. You're not, but at the same time. So what I was about to say before about being knowledgeable and thinking through the gear that you're buying. So I, I think I chatted with you about this before, Vero. Uh, for a while, they were a very popular thing and they were called citronella uh, yes. Colors. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. So people thought this was the way more humane approach to like, like people would use them for either barking or again, like corrective measures of any kind. And um, so instead of a, a zap collar, which again, some of those can be abusive. You're like frying your dog's brains out. And unless you're giving commands and doing the training aspect of it, mm-hmm. you're, you're just hurting them, right? Yeah. Um, so the, instead of the zap collar, which people were so opposed to, oh, how could you dare? Um, they were getting these citronella collars. So the dog would do something and this thing would spray citronella into the dog's face. I find that abusive because if you think about it, dogs have a very um sensitive sense of smell it's why they're able to do all these different types of training right they can smell stuff all over they smell fire they smell people they smell whatever they're smelling and now you're taking this brutally perfume thing and spraying it into their face that doesn't go away for them right away so it's like the scent hangs on it's uncomfortable for them for like ever so after the fact so think of their poor little brains and they can only retain stuff for so long and so it's like way after the fact of whatever correction it is you were trying to do and they're still inundated with this horrible horrible scent yeah and they live in the moment exactly right so when you're correcting a behavior you're correcting that that behavior that's happening at that moment Mm -hmm. so if that dog smells a citronella for an hour after i'm yeah. not sure if they're associating whatever they're doing as bad behavior because they're just smelling <laughs> that same smell exactly and and when you say in the moment because this is a lot of things that people people have trouble with when they've got their puppy and they're doing their training is that if you don't catch them right right now like right in the act or if you're like in the kitchen cooking something and they bark at the doorbell and that's something that you're working on and you're trying not to you actually, the experts say you have 30 seconds to do mm-hmm. your correction. Yeah. So don't go like, like dropping all your dishes or like leaving your casserole on fire in the oven to run to the front door to bonk your dog or, or whatever correction method you're using. You've got 30 seconds. So you would say like, Gibbon, no, if he keeps barking at the, at the front door, you say like, so he doesn't respond to your no. Then you, then you got 30 sec- seconds to get there and give him a correction so that he yeah. knows you mean business. Yes. But then if you get up in the morning or you come home from work and the dog had an accident in the house, then that's too yeah. late. Yeah, well, obviously, because you have no yeah. idea when it happened, when it happened and all that sort of exactly. thing. So, um, 
So just to organize my thoughts a little bit more. So when you choose a training method, uh, like I said in previous episodes, make a list of the different things that you want. So do you want to teach them thresholds? Do you want to teach them sit stay? Do you want to teach them the recall like you mentioned, Barrow, so that they come back to you? That was a big one for me. And um, and make a list of it. And then it, it, I literally made a calendar when I got Gibbs and I put it on the, the kit on the kitchen fridge. Uh, and it was for the month and I put what I wanted to work on each day. And of course you have yeah. to make adjustments because just like people, some dogs are really quick on the pickup on some things and other things, it takes them a bit longer. Um, did you do something similar with, with wigs? What did you do with wigs? Wiggies. Um, I didn't have a calendar. I think it was yeah. just, uh, doing one thing. And then once he had that, it was adding another thing and then adding a third thing. Yeah, I mean, they catch on pretty quickly when they're puppies. They do. They do. They do. Especially yes. if you got a food-motivated one. Oh, oh yes. I had a, speaking of food, mm -hmm. um, Wiggum was definitely food-oriented and was a counter-surfer. Ah, yeah. So that was a major behavior that um, I had difficulty with and never 100% uh, corrected that behavior. I did get from a friend... It was like a electric mat <laughs> that you would put on your counter and it just gave a little shock. Like I did it on myself just to make sure that it was fine and it wasn't too strong. But as soon as there was pressure on it, it would just do like a little and it worked for like maybe one week on Wiggum and then he just didn't care anymore. Or it's almost like he knew when it was there and he knew when it wasn't there. Yeah. So yeah. So I probably needed a bonker. You probably needed a bonker. And then you need to sit and wait. Like I would have put like you sort of set them up to do the yeah. behavior, right? So like put I something I think I really tried like yummy. the can monster too. What's the can monster? Ooh, the can monster is when you take a can and you put some oh, coins in it. Yes. And you just throw it. You yes. throw it on the floor. Or you so shake it. So it just kind of startles them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or you shake it like really vigorously because it's, yeah, it does. It scares the shit out of them. And they're like, what the hell? And he's like, stop and like, and look at you. And then you're like, okay, so you stop. Can monster. Behavior. Yeah. Can monster. <laughs> I've Maybe I just that called before. it that. <laughs> yes, I think you did. Because I did that before. But no, we did not never call it the can, the can monster. <laughs> monster. That's amazing. Oh my God. Oh my God. Let's make can monsters and sell them in pet stores. Yes. <laughs> We'll paint them like different types of monsters. <laughs> the can That's amazing. Monster. We found our million dollar idea, Vero. <laughs> Let's do it. Don't steal um, it, people. Don't steal so it. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna go through what I did with Gibbs in the beginning, sort of from beginning to end. So before getting Gibbon, I looked up a bunch of videos and I found like two or three of my favorites. So one of them was... Um, common sense puppy training by Stony Dennis. This guy's hilarious. He's in the southern state somewhere. I forget where. I think Colorado, maybe. And I don't even know if Colorado's mm -hmm. in the south or not. Sorry, I forget oh, where. Colorado, he's from. <laughs> Colorado. And uh, this guy's hilarious to listen to. But a lot of what he said to me in the puppy training made sense to me. So uh, this is what worked very well for me and again it's it's not a, across the board when talking about puppy training but I'll, I'll describe what i did because it makes sense to people and it may work and it may help others so what he did was 
when you bring your puppy home, you ration their food out. So you take 50% of what they should be eating for the day and you put that in a pouch that you're going to carry around with you. So you can use a fanny pack. They, they sell them at the pet stores. I had a little one that clipped to my belt and I put 50% of Gibbon's food in there for the day. And that's what you use for training because if you give them treats, they going to get fat. <laughs> they going to get very fat. <laughs> yes. Which is also another it's one. It's like of the an extra meal. Exactly. And it's one of the criticisms of the purely positive approach. And so with the other half that they should be getting, that's what you use for whatever you want your meal times to be. Some people feed their dogs once a day. Some people feed them twice a day. Some people feed them three times a day, whatever. You take 50% of that and divvy that out however you want to feed them. For me, it was twice a day, once in the morning, once in, in the evening. And the other 50% I kept on me and used for training. So in this video, he talked about rewarding just like for around the house behavior and, and what you want them to do is to mimic you. So what I would do is sit on the floor with them. So I, I would wake up in the morning. Thresholds was another big one of my training things. So like not rushing through doors of any type, whether it be the, the crate door, the patio door, the front door, crossing the street, any, any kind of place where I don't want them just walking without my permission, I call a threshold and you make them sit until you say, yes, they can do it. So every morning I'd wake up, I'd open the crate door. If he tried to rush out, I'd slam the door in his face mm -hmm. and open, slowly open it again. If he tried to rush out, slam the door in his face. And eventually they learned to sit there and then I'd open the door. And when I say, okay, then he comes out. So, okay, is my release word. And, I, and looking back, I would have chosen a different word because you say okay <laughs> a lot in like general conversation so even now yeah. like when I have given doing a sit stay at the front door or whatever and people come in and we're chatting with them and you're like oh okay and then he like gets up and I'm like what are you doing and it's like oh I just said okay <laughs> so some people use break oh that's um, good yeah yeah or you can choose whatever word you can choose a can monster <laughs> <laughs> whatever word um that you use for your release so i would say okay he'd come out of his crate i would take him outside first thing and wait for him to pee when he would go pee yay peepees 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 and give him treats or not treats but his food that i have on me peepees mm -hmm. good boy good boy so now you're rewarding him for peeing outdoors awesome so right in in the first 10 minutes of my morning with him i'm already working thresholds with him and i'm working the potty training yes. So after that, he'd come back in, I'd give him his, his breakfast and then we would have a nap together because puppies are very tired. They're like babies. Oh, they need to yeah. sleep. So don't they work play for dog. two minutes and then they exactly. sleep for two hours. Yeah. Yes. So then we would go back and have a nap together and just like a newborn baby sleep oh. when baby sleeps. So I'd go back to sleep. <laughs> We'd have a nice little nap and that was a nice little bonding thing for us as well. Then when he, whenever he'd wake up again, outside make him sit at the patio door open it up take him outside wait for him to pee yay good boy peepees peepees and more of his food okay um so then we'd come back inside and i would sit down and like stony dennis would say you reward them for stuff so if he's just walking around calmly and just sniffing and checking things out and like you i'd make him follow like uh, follow me and if he felt followed me i'd go good boy and, and and give him one or two kibbles i'd sit down on the floor if he's just sort of hanging out he'd come and calmly sit in my lap good boy and he and as stony says it you're you're just rewarding him for for being calm and sort of 
hanging out, anything you like, you go, sure, and give them a kibble, like, each time. Then I would take a toy, and I would purposely rev them up. And I'd go, okay, come on, boy, let's go, let's go. Like, ah, and, like, play with him <laughs> with this toy. And so, that, like, now he knows I'm ready for him to play. And then I yes. would say, okay, stop. And, and I would say, and leave it. Like, and when he would drop the toy and sit calmly, I'd go, good boy, and give him a treat. So now he knows when I'm playing, we can play and have a good time. But when I'm done playing, we stop playing and we calm the... Oh, mm -hmm. I just swore. Excuse me. And you calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so now you you have the dog mimicking your life. So if you want to relax on the couch and hang out, they know that, okay, she's not quite ready to play. So I'm going to mm -hmm. sit down and relax with her. Now for the rest of your life, just relax and expect your dog to be relaxed. If, if you leave them without, you know, stimulating them, you got you got to... Yeah eventually play with them or do something so that's sort of where I started at and then would go from there so then after doing that for five minutes then we would rest again and just like hang out and nothing because you got you got to give them that rest and they will they'll sleep for long periods of time yeah. so a, a good routine to follow in the beginning is like whenever they wake up pee pee times outside reward the pee pee yes. reward the pee pee and um and then rest and then do a little bit of training and oh, and after you get them excited, they always want to pee. Pee so, Yes, pee pees, big time in the beginning. And um, know what the size of their bladder is and when they're going to have to go. And and just whenever you go out. And you build a routine. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and they understand what you want from them. So even to this day, and even with Becky, who I didn't do that with, she knows now with Gibbon. That's the cool thing about two dogs is, is when I open the door at night, and let them out and they stand there like like sniffing to the air on the porch and i'm like okay guys like <laughs> i want to go to bed i go hey peepees go peepees and yeah. they go out and they go and they pee. do it and then it's i remember wiggum when just like getting ready for bed mm -hmm. he would just like no he would just like walk to his crate like when he was a puppy just walk to his crate like he just knew the exactly. routine and I don't know like if he felt it uh he just knew that it was bedtime like oh I guess we just went outside and she's kind of like brushing her teeth or something and then oh, I guess I'm just gonna go to my crate exactly um, they just know they do they they learn your routine that you've built around them they've learned mm -hmm. your boundaries that you've built yeah. with them and and same thing whenever like we're getting ready to go somewhere and it's funny because it's probably confuses the heck out of gibbs sometimes because sometimes two of us are leaving but two of us are staying home but whenever there's people at the front door and starting to get shoes on he goes into his crate because yeah he because he, he's like oh they're leaving that means i have to go here now <laughs> yes and sometimes he doesn't have to, and it's fine. And he's like, oh, okay, she's still here. All right, okay, I'm good. Er. Not that he, ha <laughs> not that he hates his crate. Sometimes he'll lay down and have a nap in his crate. The crate's not a bad yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. uh, when I got Wiggum 12 years ago, there was no Stony Dennis. I guess there was not as many resources. Maybe 12 years ago, maybe there was, and it was just not something I thought about. Mm -hmm. I read Labrador Retrievers for Dummies. That is how I prepped before getting my new puppy. <laughs> what did that book tell you? What did you, do you remember what you pulled from that book? Yeah, it's just how to do like simple commands and potty training, uh, walking on a leash, just how to do like the simple stuff, like the basic stuff. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I did with Wiggum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, like I was saying, I wish that his recall would have been better. 
Uh, if I remember well, I feel like I don't remember much about the training phase with Wiggum, but I know like bringing him to the park when he was a puppy and just kind of like letting him loose and saying, Wiggum, come. And if he did, I would be good boy and then give him a treat. But then mm-hmm. if he didn't, there was no no corrective, um, nothing corrective about it. Yeah. I would just wait until I would say, Wiggum, come. And then if he did come, I would reward him. Yes. So so that's definitely something that I'll be doing differently with future puppy. With future puppy. And I can help yes. you with that. Because uh, recall, I, I think recall is one of the mega important things. I, yes. I think it is to a lot of people. But they can't figure out what works in the beginning and, ha- and how to make that happen. Yes. And um, I would absolutely love. I know Wiggum never, he never ran away. But if he was loose... If he realized that he was loose outside, he would just go to the neighbors. And then (laughs) once I got to the neighbors to get him, he'd be like, well, I'm just going to go to the next neighbor's house. So he would just run off to the next neighbor's house. And then it would be like five, 10 minutes before I actually got him. And then you, and then you Um, feel like an idiot too, right? Like chasing you down the street being like, wake up, wake up. And if they have their garage open, he's like sniffing in the garage. And then I'm like, I hope there's not a loose sock in there. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I would that's definitely something that I want to do with my next dog is if I can just let him out in the front yard loose yeah and he would just he wouldn't run away or in the backyard one of the um things that I forgot to mention in when I brought uh Gibbs home is um keeping a leash on them when they're in the house so I do that when there's a new dog coming to my house and I and I did it when he was a puppy and you and I caught I got what's called a slip lead so it kind of and this is going to sound horrible but it looks like a noose but it fits around and super high up on their neck because what it does is it mimics the mom grabbing them by the scruff like being like hey get back over here and also you have the leash so that if the, they can't run because dogs will try to run away from you when they see you coming like because yes. they're like oh she means business <laughs> they start it's running like away. a game so, yeah so you have the leash to, to help you with that you can grab it faster and be like no you have to listen to me and this is a boundary for me so yes. gibbs had his leash on for almost the entire like obviously I would take it off at night when he went to sleep but when we were working during the day the leash was on around his neck and and you can use the slip lead for a lot of your training and part of that was his recall so I would take the slip lead and put it on him but then I would attach the end of that leash because it was a standard leash like I don't know maybe three or four feet long so then you get a long leash and you click that onto the end of your slip lead so when you go outside you let him wander off and then you say gibbon come and if he doesn't listen now you apply a little pressure on that so you're giving him the mom nip like hey i said get back over here and when and when no and when he starts to walk towards you it's good boy and you let go of that pressure so that he knows oh the uncomfortable feeling goes away when i do this when i walk towards her yes and so and and of course it takes them a while because then as they're walking towards you they're like "Ooh, but that i smell like something over here and then you're <laughs> like no uh, gibbon no and then gibbon come and if they don't then you p- apply the pressure and you keep exercising that every single day over that's another thing with training repetition 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 yes. repetition you gotta put in the work or it ain't happening yes 
you That's gotta true. put in the work or it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> and I can remember going to the vet for the first time with Gibbon. So it was about a month and a half into after I got him. And I walked in, I had my, my, his food on my little pouch attached to my belt. I made him sit and wait at the door before I opened it with a slip lead around him. We went in and he set, could do a sit stay by that point. And um, the, the girls at the desk, like the secretary or whatever was like, oh my God, what, what a good dog. What a good dog. And the veterinarian came out behind him. And she said, no look at her. She's working hard for it. She's got her, her pouch on her belt. She's got the, the nice leash. That's hard work. That's not a good dog. Yeah, That's a good owner. It's a good owner. And I was like, thank you. Cause it's true. Like people see dogs and they're like, Oh my God, what an amazing dog. Well, if, because they're listening to yeah. their owner and they're obedient, it's the, o- obedient, but it's not, it is the dog's it's hard too, work. But, but it's the human that in, initiates that connection of them together. And that puts in the hard work of training. Yes. So that's another thing I I also wanted to say. All right. Well, so did you want to move into our specialized training? We may have to uh, just briefly touch upon those different ones and the work that we did. Yeah. So we're going to, like you said, briefly talk about a few of the specialized training that you can do with your puppy. Um, if that's something that you want to do. Now I know I'm getting my new puppy next year and I have some big plans for my puppy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping to get him into becoming a therapy dog. So not a therapy dog as in like a therapy dog that would detect like early seizures or hypoglycemia in diabetic people. Um, I just mean like a therapy dog that can be brought to like long-term care homes or senior homes and just put a smile on people's faces. So there's, I actually researched one, um, one organization in Ottawa. I researched a couple, but this is the one that stood out and It's called Ottawa Therapy Dog, and they visit over 60 facilities. So you can they go to hospitals, they go to schools, palliative care facilities, long term care, rehab, universities. So what I would like to do um, with my new dog would be to bring him to hospitals uh, for patients, but sometimes also staff, because I work in a hospital and I know that that's something that's offered to employees Uh, when morale is low, they get dogs on the unit and just just brings a smile to people's faces. So that's something that I would would absolutely love to do with my new dog. So yes, he's going to have to be super calm and super well-trained and obedient. I was looking at the evaluation that they have to do. And it's kind of cute because it's like, you have to hand your dog over to a stranger and walk away and see what the dog does. Or just have like a lot of people walk by and make sure that your dog is still sitting, doesn't get too excited, and just things like that. I can't wait to hear about how that process is going to go. I honestly can't. And and when I did the the bit of research that I did on on the different ones that I looked up, like all of it just sound like I I said to Vera before this before we started this. I I'm thinking about a career change just about because it sounds so awesome. <laughs> I know it sounds so much fun. Yeah. So the next one that I, did you have any, sorry, Vero, did you have anything else to say about uh, Uh, therapy? Just one thing to add. So I'm thinking about this and I'm getting excited about getting my dog into therapy, therapy sessions. It sounds like he needs therapy, but (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> to therapy Which, sessions. I'm sure that's available too. <laughs> but you have to wait until they're about, uh, this one is that you have to wait till they're about two to get okay. started. So until I guess they wait until they're calmed down a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Yeah. Two years old is about the age where the, all of the puppy hormones and stuff like that level out. Yeah. For puppy dogs. brain is still yeah. there sometimes, but... But not as much. Not as often. They, ma- they mature a bit more. So uh, one of the areas that I looked up was agility. So when I think of agility, I think of the, the the classic, I'm sure everybody's seen it on TV and stuff, where they're doing the jumps and running through the tunnels and stuff like that. And when I looked through a variety of the different websites available, not only in our city, but like uh, uh, other places as well, there are several different types of agility, which I didn't know about. So... The first one is what I just described. It's the timed obstacle courses where they're maneuvering through jumps and ramps and tunnels and getting them to do that. But the other types, so there's one called Tribal, which is a German (laughs) uh, type of training. It's meant to be. Yeah, I know, right? And um, where they teach them herding and they do it by pushing balls. So like I saw it in a couple of photos and when I Googled it and stuff, there's like those massive Pilates balls and they have to by commands from their handler from a distance away know where to push them and like when and stuff like that so pushing them into gates or pushing them into nets and 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 stuff like that so it's getting them Hmm. to do those sort of things um the other uh type of agility training is called rally obedience so it's having the uh, the classic obedience training and then taking it like several steps further. And I think like when you look at um, America's Got Talent and stuff, have you ever seen the people that do dances with their dogs and yes. the dogs weave in and out of their legs and mm-hmm. they, they, they learn how to trot a certain way, lifting their paws in the air and stuff like that. So they um, it was described as having like 40 different types of movements, sits, paces, turns um, and stuff like that. So that sounded pretty interesting. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And then the last one, and my dogs actually did this before because we, in our city, there's a pet expo every year. Um, and <gasps> yes. I remember they had this set up. I looked up that it, up today. Yes. I want to, yes. I can't wait to go. I hope it. they run it somehow like in yeah. COVID times. It's I, in I October. Really wanna, I know. Oh, we're definitely going to go. If it's on, mm-hmm. it's on. Yes. Let's boop snoots. Um, <laughs> like I don't have enough hands to boop all these snoots. <laughs> so it's called lure lure coursing. So it's a little fuzzy or feathered like prey thing set up on a variety of ropes and um, that's and pulleys that are attached to a remote so that you're giving the dog prey drive. So you run this thing and the dog chases it through an obstacle course like set up on these like pulleys and stuff so I remember doing it with Becky and Becky chased it for literally like two seconds and was like "Ah, I don't care (laughs) like just like sort of stopped but at the same time we were at this huge um event where there was tons of people around so it could also be that she was very distracted by you know the other dogs or the sounds and all the different things you have yeah that's another thing to be very mindful about uh with your dog training is the environment in which you're doing it in um you know out uh, inside uh, where there's 
a lot less distractions is always easier than outside or in a facility where there's like thousands of people hanging around. So um, the, this one company in Ottawa does it, and it seems like they they made it a thing to sort of like lazily exercise your dog because they have several different courses. <laughs> so you can literally sign up for a membership and show up, and they just make your dog chase these friggin' things around for like <laughs> really <laughs> hours at a time. Apparently, yeah. So <laughs> I think uh, it would they probably use that for some of like the first types of agility that I mentioned to get through the obstacles, like you, they by chasing yeah. something. So you get them to jump over the jump through the hoops literally and but yeah so that's what i found on agility Ooh, mm -hmm. the third type of training that i looked up was security training so i found two very different um organizations so I was reading through the website of one and it was very uh, like training your dog to be still like a loving companion uh, to protect your family and your property. And then it went on to more advanced uh, protection training uh, where they would do like off leash control, silent command, and then like pursuit work and then intro to weapons and building search and carjacking. Oh my god! But it, it was still very like, but still have your like a loving companion. And I bet then you people I, assume that it's going to turn your dog into this like mean, aggressive, like super intimidating thing. Yes, mm -hmm. and they trained a lot of cane corsos. Oh, yeah. So they actually have dogs on their website that are available, and it says like, "Oh, dogs like I don't know, spot." comes with um advanced obedience training or henry oh, so comes like with you could, so you executive could a, you could purchase a security <laughs> that, dog yeah oh wow and then there's like adoptions like successful adoptions and they're like all over the place there's some in winnipeg some in bc and they have like a little story wow yeah and i think there yeah there was one where it was an 80 year old man i think it was on that website uh, with a heart condition mm -hmm. and in his residence, uh, one of the, the senior folks got mugged. Oh my God. So he got himself a cane corso for protection. <laughs> and there's a picture of him and his massive cane corso, cane corso. And it's so cute. This dog oh is massive. God. And this like cute little man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We'll have to post that on our Yes. Soch. We'll have to go soch with that. <laughs> and then there was this other company where it was very like, I don't want to say like aggressive, but it was obvious what the training was about. Mm -hmm. uh, so they had different packages where it was like family protection. So aggression on command, bite and release on command, off, off leash training with some distractions and then they have a more like executive protection uh, package where it's advanced grip development. So I'm guessing that's like a biting mm -hmm. grip uh, and different tactical obedience. So I was reading about tactical obedience where um, you know how you teach your dog to heal and then your mm -hmm. dog comes back. Well, when you say heal, the dog would come and stand between your legs. Mm hmm. And then if you would kneel down on one knee, the dog would lie down. Yeah. So he would just kind of just follow you. And if you would crawl, the dog would crawl beside you. 
So that's what they meant by tactical obedience. Have you seen those and videos? Have you seen videos of them doing it? It's very no. impressive. Oh, I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it on Facebook before where it's soldiers with their dog and where they're like in a like a junkyard sort of simulation thing and they're hiding behind a car mm, and the I'm dog have to is, look that up. Oh, you have to you have to watch it. It's so impressive because the dog's just staring like at their handler's face and watching their oh. every move because they have to respond however they're trained to, right? Oh, it's mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah, you need to look at that. Mm, I'm gonna look at that. Um and these place, places also offer puppy training and like just basic obedience training. In one of them, you have to purchase an e-collar. They do walking on a leash training and how to gain control of your adolescent uh, dog in the house. If it's a dog that barks a lot, lunges and jumps. And then they teach you how to do recall with distractions. So all sorts of stuff. But they do offer just like basic puppy training. And yeah. they do in-home uh, training for all of those. And they do board and train. So you would drop off your dog for eight weeks. They train your dog and then they give your dog back. And then I guess Hopefully they go through the training. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think they go through the training with you. Um, so that was interesting because the two websites were very different where one was like, it's just very obvious and it's like, oh, we're going to teach biting and then releasing on command. And then the other one was, we're going to do this, this and that while keeping your loving companion. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Appeasing to the public. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It sounds like all of these different types of training, um, no matter what type of specialized training, I think what they'll always offer first is probably the puppy training because that was available on all of the different sites that I mm -hmm. researched as well. And probably knowing that I'm sure people come in with like unrealistic expectations, like having done no training at all. And they're like, I want my dog to be a military dog. Let's do this. And <laughs> I'm sure they're like, um, okay, so <laughs> what have you done so far? And when it's clear that the dog has like nothing on board then they have a program yeah. to offer right out the get-go mm -hmm. um so the two last ones that i looked up was uh hunting and the second one was um rescue so for hunting i found several uh websites and a close friend of mine actually did a bit of this with her dog so she had a german short-haired pointer but um from all the sites that i looked at um they were all very similar so it was teaching them how to sit teaching them how to heal exposing them to the sounds such as gunshots and um uh, scent training and a lot of that sort of stuff so when i spoke to my good friend amy um her husband in initially had planned to do quite a bit of hunting with the dog so they signed up uh, with this company and they went for the first two sessions and then realized that it was a huge time commitment and decided not to but she told me a little bit about uh the the two sessions that they had and she said the way that they set it up and they were beginners of course um she like i said had the german short hair pointer which is a natural hunting breed and uh he was a puppy at the time his name's charlie he's an absolute sweetheart and um so they had it set up in stations um so one was teaching them how to point so i don't know if you guys have ever seen the pointers gibbon is one of the pointer breeds as well and he does it as well as when they sort of like smell something or they see a prey of some kind and they they sort of stand in that beautiful pose with mm -hmm. one of their paws up and that's like pointing like the squirrel's over there <laughs> <laughs> the bird is over there the whatever is over there it's like this super cute like stance that they stand in so they had a pointing station they had um another 
station where it was a sit stay on a platform so they had to remain quiet and no and to stay with you and shush la bouche because that's obviously part of like hunting um they had another one where they had to uh walk along sort of like a log so a, a bit of agi agility too right getting them used to the different types of terrains and stuff like quietly and then had to there was a partridge like along the the way somewhere and the, uh, again the, if the, the goal of that was to have them stop and point like there's the partridge he's over was it there. in a pear tree <laughs> <laughs> maybe i don't know um and then they, they had the station where they would fire the shots and you had to have your dog remain calm during the gunshots so all those types of things um for the hunting and it sounded cool, but like all all of the sites were very like I don't want to be like judgy here by any by any sense, but they're like out in the country. They have properties, obviously, that they do this on, and they were very like <laughs> they were very like rednecky type like mm. <laughs> websites. <laughs> like you know, get your truck and bring your dog and come to like gun dog training. <laughs> like <laughs> like they were all very similar in their names. It was like and I don't maybe that's the type of like training it's called like gunshot yeah. training. I don't know. But anyways, they, they all seem to be <laughs> like that. Um the next one I looked up was Rescue. So one of the major websites that I went to and that I found super impressive was the Canadian Search and Disaster Dogs Association. So and this is the, what makes you want to change yes i found this like super cool and i mm -hmm. and i saw this on facebook for a, a friend that from way back in my past like grade seven and eight and that she was doing this with her dog and i reached out to her and unfortunately she didn't get back to me before we did this recording but um i found this association where it described the different types of rescue they do so one was area searches so that's like wilderness the dog is off leash allowing them to cover a large areas um so looking for you know, missing people or bodies. It's a, this is kind of a bit of a morbid type of training and um, where they stop and they alert the handler with sustained barking. So they take off into the woods, they find something or they find a piece of clothing or whatever, and they sit there and they bark until you, until their handler comes. So I, I think that's super cool. Uh, the next one, which I also think is super cool is it's called rubble searches. So this is, um, in environments of, let's say, earthquake or, yeah. you know, a building collapse and it's collapsed structures and uh, the dogs are taught to search for survivors and but also deceased wow. as well. And so they're able to respond to commands from their owners from a distance because obviously you don't want humans walking over the rubble and potentially uh, crushing people who are underneath so the dog goes and same things it sits and barks and is like hey there's like something over here and then you can str strategically get there and try to rescue the last one that they mentioned and they said that there are very they very very few this seems like a very new one is water training so they said despite people's beliefs dogs are able to pick up on scent through the water and um so they're developing this it sounds like um and it looks like they take the dog out in a zodiac or a boat of any kind uh when the dog uh barks or alerts them to a scent then they stop and then they have more of a technological team support team uh at hand that can like calculate sort of the water flow and then because obviously the the body or like and it's for drowning victims like recent ones as well as ones that have been there for years it said 
And um, so obviously the body isn't right at the point where they bark. So they try to calculate, okay, it's probably upstream a bit and that this is where it would go. And then they have like these remote control things that go underneath and are able to dredge up stuff a bit more and um, find bodies. Ooh. Ew. Mm. And that's all I got to say about that. Sorry to end on such a morbid note. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I thought all of these different types of training are it's super, so interesting. It's, it's interesting. I I want I want to see more. I want to follow up more on this to see how they actually do it. How do you teach a dog to point? How I do don't you, know. How do you scent train a dog? I don't know. Yeah. But we are going to boop snoots with these people and find <laughs> out. Yes. So Ooh. I think that's it for today. I think that's a wrap. Yes. And next week, ooh, well, we're going to boop ooh, snoots. Yes. And we're going to talk about puppy gear. You betcha. Yes. So see you next week on Let's Boop Snoot. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) 